This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 8, Augustus and the Great Friend-Making Machine The small village of Windlog was even more odd than Augustus thought it would be. When his parents sent him off to the remote settlement in the forest to live with his grandma, he pictured tiny cabins, sheltered children, and a bunch of hillbillies eating beans around a fire, singing Kumbaya every night. Windlog was all that and more. For starters, the only way to get to Windlog is by mule. It is a long, arduous journey through dense forest and thin trails that wind along cliffs. 
Augustus thought you'd have to be crazy to live in a place that was so hard to get to, and when he arrived, he realized crazy just might be the only thing keeping Windlog alive. People with big, frizzy hair wore suspenders over their colorful tie-dye shirts. They rocked in rocking chairs made of metal, spare brooms, and boxes as they played their harps. They even painted flowers, butterflies, and rainbows on the outside of their cabins because leaving the bare wood just wasn't interesting enough for them. Even the cabin roofs were odd, slapped together in no particular order with multicolored clay tiles. The windloggers, as they were called, even painted the trunks of the pine trees surrounding their tiny mountain town. Nothing lacked for color. One look at the place told Augustus he would never fit in, which was unfortunate, because Augustus was a peculiar child himself. For one, he didn't like wearing colors. Every day he wore the same outfit, a black turtleneck sweater and a bulky black fur-lined coat. Kids back home already mistook him for a little 90-year-old man because he hunched over when he walked and his hair was already silver despite being only seven years old. To fuel that theory, instead of playing with the typical toys of a seven-year-old boy, he preferred inventing things, making life easier and more interesting by creating machines. At his grandmother's house, he'd already built her a meatloaf-making machine that assembled the ingredients, cooked the loaf, topped it with sweet sauce, and pushed it down a conveyor belt until it slid neatly in front of their plates on the dinner table. And that's not all. When his grandma complained once about having to get up to see who was at the door, he created the door answer machine. When someone knocked or rang, pulleys yanked the door open, dropped a huge magnifying glass in front of the doorway so grandma could see who it was from a distance, then, depending on whether or not it was someone she was happy to see, would either extend a wooden hand to help them in, or quite literally give them the boot. Augustus had to turn it off after the second day. Grandma kept getting confused about which switch did what, making the machine kick Augustus in the shins each time he walked through the front door. Well, needless to say, Augustus was a distracted boy who had a very difficult time making friends in Windlog. Yet, every morning, the first thing his grandma would say was, Why don't you get out there and make some friends? But for Augustus, that was easier said than done. It wasn't as if he hadn't tried. His first few days there, he'd introduced himself to a couple colorful children, but they thought he was too bossy. If Augustus didn't get to pick the activity, he wasn't playing. You could say he was a bit of a control freak. Most of the time, if he had another kid over, it was just so he could stand by and hand him the tool he needed as he worked on his latest invention. Finally, one chilly fall morning, Augustus's grandma gave him a choice. You either go out and be a friend to someone, or you're helping me clean the house, said his grandma, her frizzy purple curls bouncing as she spoke. Augustus swallowed. He'd helped grandma do a few chores each day, but doing nothing but chores all day was something else entirely. He looked around the cluttered cabin full of broken porcelain pots, stacks of stuffed animals, and handmade instruments. Just looking around made him feel dizzy. But then he got an idea. Augustus grinned his fishy grin and pushed his thick glasses up his nose. So you're saying if I make...
friends. I don't have to clean all day. Grandma raised her right hand. If you make one friend today, all you'll have to do is clean your room and help with the dishes. I'll do better than that, Augustus said. I'll make twenty. Huh? I said I'll make twenty, he repeated. Twenty what? Dollars? Augustus looked both ways. His grandma's hearing was on its way out. No, Grandma, twenty friends. What on earth are you going to do with twenty fans, boy? Don't you know this is Windlog? <clears throat> no, Grandma, that's not what I... Friends, I said friends. Suit yourself, make your fans. Augustus shook his head and went to the barn. Today was a special day. He was about to revolutionize the friend-making process. Full of excitement, little Augustus went to work, assembling what he called the Great Friend-Making Machine. He hammered and drilled, he programmed and soldered, he banged around and fiddled around, all while laughing maniacally to himself. Finally, after working through the night, it was finished. He stepped back to look over his glorious creation. A covered wagon sat awkwardly on a platform. Different-sized wheels jutted out its sides, while gears and wires protruded out every which way, some connecting to each other, others connecting to the wall. Augustus took off his smudged goggles. It's time to get friendly. He pulled the switch. Lightning bolts zapped into the coils in the back of the wagon, shooting electricity through the circuits and wires. The mismatched wheels started to turn. They rotated in opposite directions at different speeds. Faster and faster they went, blowing Augustus's thick silver hair back. As the wheels spun, lights flashed inside the covered wagon canopy. The flashes grew quicker. They strove in the barn, slowly revealing shadows growing inside. One last sap of electricity and a whistle was blown. Steam hissed out of copper pipes. Then, marching out of the wagon single file, were Augustus's new friends. Twenty of them, all robots. Rusty humanoids that looked like metal trash cans with arms and legs. Their appearance didn't exactly scream, hey friend, wanna play. But even so, to Augustus Alfonso Alexandria IV, they were beautiful. Hello, friend, said one of the robots. Well, hello there, Augustus replied. He looked his mechanical friends over. Hmm, there's something missing. A human touch. Aha! He grabbed fistfuls of hay from the horse stall and glued it to the tops of their heads. The hay stuck out like sticky bedhead. There! Hair! What would you like to play? The first robot asked in its boring, monotone voice. Would you like to choose from our catalog of fun recreational activities? The robot scrolled through a pixelated list of things to do on its belly screen. Augustus touched his fingertips together. No need. I already have our day all planned out. Boy, did he ever. 
Augustus dragged those poor robots all over the farm, making them help with his projects. They handed him tools when he asked for them. They nodded while he recited long lists of chemical formulas and assembly instructions. They laughed at all his lame jokes and listened to him talk about himself and his creations. For the next few days, they did everything Augustus wanted to do. He was perfect. Everything Augustus wanted in a friend. Or so he thought. Towards the end of the week, Augustus started growing bored of his new robot friends. He got sick of them constantly saying yes to everything he asked. He got tired of them blandly laughing at all his jokes, only half of which he'd meant to be funny, and having them hover over his shoulder all day every day, anxiously awaiting his next command, became too much. Augustus realized that maybe he just didn't need friends, so he spent less time with them. When they hovered too close, he commanded them to huddle in the corner of the barn, when they tried to help him with his projects, he again told them he needed space and would switch them off into sleep mode. It wasn't long before Augustus's friends were being completely neglected. What Augustus didn't realize was that he had programmed his robot friends to feel. And so, as you can imagine, the robots weren't feeling too happy about their friendship with Augustus. Feeling sad and left out, the robots did the only thing they knew how to do in such a situation. Revolt. One morning, while Augustus ate breakfast with his grandma, the robot friend snuck out of the barn and headed into town. Augustus looked up from his plate of rainbow oatmeal as the sounds of angry shouts and screams sounded in the village. His stomach twisted. He knew there was only one thing it could be. Quickly, he grabbed his fur-lined coat and bolted out the door. Down the road, he could see his twenty hay-headed robots jumping between cabin roofs, tearing off ceramic tiles and throwing them at each other. Windloggers fled from their homes, screaming and covering their heads. Stop that this instant! Augustus shouted. But the robots didn't respond. I said stop! Back to the barn now! He ducked as a ceramic roof tile whizzed over his head. Augustus started to panic. What was he going to do? The robots weren't listening to him. How was he going to stop them? If he didn't do something soon, they'd flatten the entire village by sundown. Dog, great! Now they're chopping down the trees! One of the robots hacked at a painted tree until it toppled over, nearly crushing the church on its way down. Augustus looked over the fleeing windloggers. He spotted a group of three colorfully dressed kids hiding behind some barrels. He ran over to them. Hi, my name is Augustus Alfonso Alexandria IV, and I am in need of your assistance, he said out of breath. The three children looked at each other. My name's Kevin. This is Garrett, and that's Sonia. The other two gave a weak wave. What do you need us to do? I'm not sure yet. Augustus said. What are you good at? Um, I like to tie knots, Kevin said, unsure of himself. Garrett shrugged. Sonia and I ride horses. We've trained most of the horses in town. A ceramic roof tile exploded over their heads, making them duck lower. Augustus fixed his glasses and then rubbed his chin. Interesting hobbies, he thought. What on earth can a kid who ties knots and two others who ride horses do against a bunch of brilliant robots? 
As he contemplated this, the other three kids whispered amongst themselves. Okay, I think we've got it, Kevin said. Think you can lure them off the roofs? Augustus nodded. Well, maybe I can try. Good. Give us a few minutes to get our things. Listen for the call of a peacock. Once you hear it, get them off the roofs. We'll take care of the rest. You would pick a peacock, Augustus mumbled. What's that? Sounds like a plan, Augustus replied. Kevin, Garrett, and Sonia snuck away and left Augustus alone to watch his creations wreak havoc through the village. Minutes later, he heard it. The call of a peacock. It was surprisingly accurate. Taking his cue, he walked out into the street and called to his robots. Friends! Hey, friends, over here! The robots stopped their shenanigans and looked down at him. I just wanted to apologize for making you do everything I wanted to do, Augustus said. I should have let you pick from your category of activities as you suggested. He now had their undivided attention. How about we go back to the barn and we can smash tiles, cut wood, and go bananas. Be as destructive as you like. There's a lot of cool stuff to destroy in there. The first robot jumped off the roof. We don't want to laugh at your lame jokes anymore. Augustus rolled his eyes. Fine. The first robot accepted the terms and waved for the others to follow. All jumped off the roof and followed Augustus down the road toward his grandmother's cabin. Hopefully those kids were going to show up soon, Augustus thought. This would be a terrible time to be pranked. The last thing he wanted was to bring the tornado of destruction home to Grandma. Right as the cabin came into view, he heard hooves rumbling down the road behind him. Augustus and the robots turned to see Garrett and Sonia galloping towards them on horseback, holding between them a large handmade net that looked thrown together by Kevin. Before the robots could react, the horses rode by them, catching them in the open net. As the last robot was swept up, Garrett and Sonia closed the net and waited for Kevin to run over and tie it closed with his strongest knot. Then, using two extra strands of rope, he tied the net to both horses' saddles. All Augustus could do was stare in amazement. Such primitive ingenuity, he thought. Well, where should we take them? Kevin asked, tightening his last knot on Sonia's saddle. Augustus snapped his fingers. I've got just the thing. Minutes later, the horses had pulled the net of robots down to the river and then dragged Augustus's not-so-great friend-making machine down next to it. Augustus switched the robots into sleep mode and then loaded them onto the wagon. With a solemn salute, they pushed the wagon into the water and watched it drift down the river. It winded peacefully through painted pine trees and disappeared as the sun set behind the mountains. Kevin patted Augustus on the back. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, what do you say we head back into town, fix a few roofs, and paint something? Augustus cringed. He didn't love painting like the other windloggers, but, strangely enough, the more he thought about it, the more fun it sounded to spend time with the group. It wasn't the painting that he cared about. It was his new friends. Sounds good to me. Augustus replied. 
Together, they headed back into town, and after fixing the damaged roofs, painted a mural of the robot invasion on the side of the log cabin school. Augustus grew to love the town of Windlog, thanks to his new group of friends. From that point on, they played together nearly every day. Some days they painted, some days they tied knots, other days they rode horses, and sometimes they built crazy machines together. What's up, Rocketeers? I wanted to talk to you all about friends today and how to be a good friend. I'm sure many of you know what it feels like to try to make new friends. Whether you've moved to a new school or neighborhood, it isn't always easy, is it? But it's important to make good friends. Friends you can have fun with, that can lift you up and make you feel good about yourself. As our friend Augustus Alfonso Alexandria IV learned in the story, the secret to making friends isn't about getting other people to be interested in you. It's about being interested in other people. You don't make friends by just talking about yourself or what you like all the time. You don't make friends by only playing what you want to play. You make friends by being friendly and interested in others. Learn about what they like to do. Get to know them. Ask them what games they like to play. Chances are you'll find something you both can enjoy doing together. It's also very likely you'll discover new interests. Good friends share, take turns, help each other, and care about one another. I'm telling you, if you're nice to other people and are genuinely interested in them, you will make friends. You will find people that you get along with, and you will build relationships that will last years. I personally have friends with all sorts of interests. I've learned a ton from them, more than they'll ever know, and they've helped me become a better person. I know that for a fact. Do your friends help you be better? Do you help your friends to be better? Remember, Rocketeers are great friends. Thank you all for listening to this story of the Purple Rocket Podcast, and be sure to tune in next Monday for an all-new story. This is your host, Greg Webb.